If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Someone who's travelled around the world is Michelle Nixon who actually started off doing a law degree and um, I think she finished part of the degree, went off to Ireland, came back and I think has been working in the horse industry ever since. Is that right, Michelle? How are you? I'm good, thanks, Glynis. How are you? Oh, very good. Michelle, normally we start off, you know we start off with a favourite quote, and I know you've got a good one for yeah. me. So what is it? So my quote that I kind of is very poignant in my life at the moment yep. is that doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Okay. So just the, the, the overthinking, the overmanaging, the overworrying about um, little things, and to stop us from seeing the bigger picture and going forth. And usually once we sort of get over that little niggle, we tend to, you know, not all the time, but we tend to achieve what we want to achieve. Yeah, yeah. So just thinking about it and thinking that you can't do it, that's a failure already. If you do something and even if you don't get to it, at least you've given it a go. Yeah, and it's just it's putting you in the completely wrong mindset straight from the beginning, mm, you're, you're mm. already thinking, as you said, failure rather than thinking, I can accomplish this or how can I accomplish this? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, I'm thinking, Michelle, because you're a coach, when did you start coaching? Did you start teaching people because they saw you ride and, you know, you want to start teaching them or did you say, I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to get qualified and then I'm going to be a coach? How did that work out for you? I kind of got, um, I did pretty well uh, with my horses and people would come up and just ask me. Oh, you mean you well know, as a competitor? As a competitor, yes, yeah. And yes. the fact that my horses are usually always in a pretty good nick mm-hmm. and, in, you know, they're looking well and healthy and um, they're, very, they're quite, you know, they're quiet and they're easy to handle most of the time and, and doing well in the competitive sphere and... So, yeah, people would come up and just say, oh, you know, what do you feed and what do you do here and, you know, do you do... And just ask for bits of information. But I probably didn't really contemplate becoming a coach um, until I started really getting into lessons with Ron Patterson, who's a Level 3 um, coach educator and, like, Level 3 coach and a coach educator. And, and a guest on Horse Chats. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah one of your first I think Mm, yeah mm. so um, he um, he just put me he just opened my mind to like just how big and how vast the whole horse um, industry is and um, the knowledge that you you can achieve and that you can gain and um, and then I saw the way that Ron's wife Sandy ran a property and I thought you know I still have so much to learn. And, yeah, so that's when I thought, you know, if I can acquire enough, you know, knowledge, then maybe I can be of use to some people and that's kind of how it started. 
Okay, okay. But because you were going to have a, a career as a lawyer and then went into horses, what do you think horses have got that being a lawyer hasn't got? Um, you've definitely got more flexibility in regards to, um, you know, the hours that you, you choose to put in. Obviously, you know, I think that there is, for me, I, I really enjoy as a coach teaching um, just like my basic beginner novice riders and getting, you know, that joy of seeing them, you know, rise trot correctly for the first time or pick up the canner for the first time. And it's just a job satisfaction that I don't think I would have got with law. I did law because my my grades were good and I kind of didn't really know what to do. So, yeah. So um, now I'm, you know, substantially poorer for it, but but happier mentally, emotionally and probably physically as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I know that you teach people right from beginners, but you also have competition riders. What do the competition riders have? I'm thinking character traits. You know, what makes it so that you can see that someone's going to go further. You know, if you're teaching a few different riders, you might have one that's a little bit of a standout and you think, oh, I think they'll go a bit further, this rider. Okay, well, definitely there needs to be that sort of, um, that drive and the passion and and also I think I want to say like that resilience of, Mm -hmm. you know, not doing great one week and still, you know, going out there the next week. You've got to have that, that ability to put effort in and maintain regular training and yeah so I think it, it's just like a, a, a deep-seated passion just to ride a lot keep learning a lot but you know novice riders have that too it's just you know their goal is different at the at the start to where competition riders are so competition riders they you know people compete to do well you know people don't compete usually to come, you know, bottom. So someone has to come bottom, and but, you know, that's not their aim when they go out to compete. So they're always wanting to drive, that drive to do better, to, you know, to work out how they can get the most out of themselves and their horses on a regular, you know, basis in the competition world. Mm. Now, how do you think riders that want to go out and compete, is there a point that you've got to tell them to slow down to or do you keep pushing? Absolutely. Yep, yep. Just tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's really easy and it's not just with competition riders as well. I think it's just if you're you're training at home and your horse is, is going well, you always feel like you want to ask for a little bit more and a little bit more. And, you know, sometimes horses can handle it depending on their, um, their, their character. Sometimes, you know, they handle a lot of pushing. Sometimes they don't, you know what I mean? And I think it's really important, and I, I say this, that I think it's really important to get yourself settled and really strong in the level that you are before you proceed onwards. So you want to see that you're consistently in the competition sphere, you know, scoring at a... At a a rate that is, you know, really competitive, your horse is out there and that you're getting really good feedback and that, you know, you're there's the, just people are saying, you know, you're ready or when are you, are you training for the next level? Rather than you go, oh, I've done one of these, now I have to be in, 
you know, if I'm novice now, I have to be in elementary in six months' time and then I have to be in medium in six months' time. And then, and, you know, you push and push and push and then the horse kind of loses their mind because they've been asked too much or the rider loses the track, loses the point of riding and, you know, and loses how to ask correctly and how what they're wanting in regards to, say, dressage, keeping the horse forward and into the bit and soft and relaxed but still power. So I think that it's really good to get yourself set in a level, get yourself doing well in that level. Obviously train at home a little bit for your upcoming level, but don't throw your horse under a bus and say, okay, we've, done, we've jumped 80 centimetres, you know, this week, now we're going to jump a metre 10 next month. You know, mm. you're, just, you're just asking for your horse to, to lose its confidence and it takes so much for them to get their confidence back again when they have a big scare or they have a fright. So it's all very dull, but I think it's really nice to go you know, not slow, but just, you know, just take a breath, enjoy where you are and then think, now is is it time to move on now? Yeah, do you get people on the other end of the spectrum that say, I'm happy at this level, I'm winning at this level, I don't want to go any further because I'm confident at this level? Absolutely, you know what I mean? So, and I can see where, you know, I had young horses in and out for a really long time and I did not go past, like, novice with young horses for about five or six years. So when I was, when I think about training elementary medium again, I'm like, can I still do that? But I think to better yourself and better your horse, you kind of have to go out of your comfort zone a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, as much as it's good to stay in novice and do really, really well, and it's always good to, you know, to do well, it's kind of, I would think it would be a bit hollow because you know that you can do it and you're not extending yourself to, to try something new and you know you 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 put your feet you you know your toes in the water and you try a little bit and then you go okay well I tried that and it didn't end disastrously maybe I'll try a little bit more and then all of a sudden you're at elementary or all of a sudden you're jumping you know a 95 centimeter you know eventing round and you're like I didn't think I'd get there but just take it slowly into the the next step and you know more times than often than not that you'll progress stop I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. I suppose that's something about being a good coach, isn't it? You know, that you can, if you've got a good coach, you can ask your coach, am I ready to go to the next level? If the coach thinks that you're just not, the good coach is going to say, no, stay in this level a bit longer, get your foundations right. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm sorry. And foundations are key, you know mm. what I mean? I, I remember being told once, you know, for riding, your foundations, like riding your horse or training your horse is like building a house. So if you've got crappy foundations, the whole thing's just going to end up caving in. So I think that's super important. So, But I also think, you know, a coach will see if you're ready to progress. Yes. And they'll say, okay, let's try this now. Or the coach will see that maybe you're having a little bit of stickiness. You're trying to go forth yourself and the coach will see, oh, okay, she's having a little bit of stickiness in the leg yield. Yep. If she's really into the idea of going up to novice, then we'll have to really, you know, buckle in and work on it. But just explain. You're not mm. going to not going to win everything when your leg yield's not good. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Like you might be able to do the, the extenders and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think mm. that... Having a good coach is someone there, you know, that will sit there and say, yep, you're ready to go, or no, can we just hold back a bit and let's just work on this, and then, you know, then you'll go, and then they'll be competitive and then they'll get more confidence. Yes, yeah, yeah. Michelle, if you think about the horses, the many horses that you've had, I'd like you to think about a horse that you Mm -hmm. think has really influenced you and helped you. And now it might have been a horse that, you know, you had as a young rider or one that you said, right, well, I rode at this level for the first time on this horse. Yeah. What one do you think has influenced you the most in your career? Okay, well, I've I've probably got two, to be honest. Mm. And I didn't start, I didn't have my own horse till I was 19, so I never did the, the little pony thing. And I pretty much went straight into to big horses and, I would do it. I did a couple of years of the pony club, just, you know, fluffing around in pony club. And then I got a lovely thoroughbred that was actually doing endurance at the time. And I was actually doing show jumping on a lease horse from my my old instructor. And I just loved this horse. We drove over and I just knew, like, there was just a vibe in the car that I knew it was going to be a cracker. And um, he was, but he couldn't. He literally tripped over trot poles. So I went from being a jumper to having to focus on another discipline, and that discipline was dressage, and that horse was Derby. And Derby I got when he was six or seven, and I was very, very, very poor at dressage. Like, you know, I just knew nothing. I thought I knew everything. I knew nothing. And I got him, and then I hooked in with um, some dressage lessons, straight dressage coaching lessons, and then I found Ron, and it just kind of went skyward from there, and I got him up to advance. So that was kind of like a big thing for me. So mm-hmm. um, he kind of pushed me in the direction of dressage, and I've been happily there ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and my current horse, Popeye, he's teaching me a lot because he is very sensitive, very uh, soft, very easily to get upset, but he's probably one of the best horses I've ever seen. He can move. He's got a great temperament on the ground, but I'm just trying to figure out in my life how I deal with that, and he's teaching me a lot in that regard as well. So I've been lucky enough to have two. <laughs> okay, so thinking about, you know, where you are now, you you know, you're out there, you're coaching, you um and money aside, but to get your business going, what's the challenge? I mean, you've sort of come in as a competitive rider. Is that that obviously would have helped, but, you know, rider who's, say, just moving into a new area, if you were going to move into a new area, what would, do you think is going to be your, your challenge 
to start up a coaching business, you know, because let's just clarify because you're a freelance coach, so you you go out yeah, to yeah. teach people, all right? So you don't do, need yeah, a property just... and set up. But as a freelance coach, yeah. if you went to a new area, what do you think would be your biggest challenge? Um, I think the biggest challenge is just getting your name out there and your coaching style out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really slack and I need to get better in advertising Okay. And what my, you know, what I've achieved and what my writers have achieved. And, and most of my clients I've got, I've, I've gotten through word of mouth, which is a really great organic way to get clients. But um, it's kind of, you know, I, I, my idea is that I will eventually like to grow a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger yep. and go out there and showcase what my training style is and what how my writers have, have improved. And I think... Mm-hmm. So I think that if you just if you do that if you if people see that you are a competent you know firm yet kind that your you know your riders are happy and they're confident on their horses and they're getting out there and you know I had quite a few at the start like most of my my, my riders at the beginning were very 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 novice green riders mm-hmm. and they're just getting to that point now where they're going oh wait a minute we're getting this. Maybe we might go out and compete. And I think that will grow the brand as well. So don't yeah. be saying no to your really novice or your, you know, your, your women that have had their babies and they're in their 40s and 50s and they finally got time to have a horse. You know, that's the best market because they're really dedicated because they've had to wait so long. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and it's like – and they sit there and they, they want to do well and they want to grow their relationship with their horse and do everything in a – really positive way so I think one don't don't sit there and say oh no that's not my cup of tea I'm a, I only do com- competitive riding I only do competitors I only do the top level and also as I said just um think about how you want to be portrayed so if you have a Facebook page or if you have a web page you know to show how you you know the the ethos or the ideology behind your training and you know maybe feedback from your clients about how they're going so that's how I'd grow my brand if I if I had to go on again. Okay. okay. So. If you, you know, just thinking about if you've got new students, new, or if you go and do a workshop somewhere, what's a common fault that you see with your riders? You know, okay. Um, yeah. Well, because I'm, because I'm focused on, like, dressage mm. a lot, uh, so I get a lot of common faults is the knee gripping and the lower leg being unstable. Stable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a big one. So just not relaxing through, you know, the leg and, and holding, you know, and just having that really stable lower leg, that can be an issue. I think um, overuse or underuse of the hand, of the rein, I think when I ask people to pick up a contact, they get a little bit upset and go, oh, my God, I'm pulling on his mouth because they don't know. Any, about riding forward into the contact, yeah. Yeah, riding yeah. a horse forward into a contact. So they sit there and go, oh, no, no, but I'm pulling on his mouth. And I'm like, but no, you're using your leg to push him into a into the bit and into the mm-hmm. contact. So it's just trying to get the analogies and teach them the analogies that are specific to, to dressage and also to the other, um, the other Olympic disciplines as well. So um, what else? Probably just, you know, Leaning too far back is an issue, you know. I think anything really. So, and just, just not 
not being confident in asking their horse. Um, as I said, because, you know, a lot of my minor riders are, like, older or middle-aged, not older, but middle-aged. Yep. So they think, they worry, you know, because they've got families and, mm. you know, mortgages and a job and they're like, oh, if I ask for this, could this happen? And and then we go back to the, the fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then they you say, oh, no, I have a real, you know, I think you're going to be okay. Let's just take it easy. And then they end up doing it and they're good. But I think that's also in the back of their minds that they worry. They're like, oh, that's a little bit scary. That's new. Um, so, yeah, I think grippy knees and just that little bit of hesitation, which we all have when we try something new and we get older and it hurts when you fall off. <laughs> well, let's talk about the fear. If you're teaching a rider and um, whether they say, I'm scared, I don't want to go any further, or their body language tells you that they're scared and they don't want to go any further. How do you deal with that as a coach? Okay, so as a coach, it's um, it's really you got to sit there and you, I go back to what they are comfortable with. So mm-hmm. I say I'm asking them to do um, uh, like to trot circles and then I want them to say make the circle bigger, so push out and they think that if they put their inside leg on, the horse will go too fast forward or yep. too quick. yep. So we'll just reinforce, you know, the aid and say, oh, no, it's okay, we, we do this. You remember we go around the end of the arena? It's pretty much the same thing. We're just asking the horse to, you know, to move off our leg. So I, I explain a lot mm. and I kind of, I probably, you know, I talk a lot through my through my lessons because I like them to know what they should be feeling, how they, you know, what's good, what's bad and stuff like that. So that they can have that information already in their head. So, you know, if they sit there and the horse pops into a canter and they feel like it's a little bit forward, I would say, no, that's a great canter. Just, you know, sit up, you know, soften your hands and I'll just talk them through it. And then you tend not to. It just gives them something else to focus on. But I think if you just, you're not, you're quiet and you, you just let the demons run in their head. Yes, yes, <laughs> so okay. I just okay. like to talk them through and explain, explain why we're doing the exercise, you know, what they can expect. And, you know, knowledge is power. So the more information that you give them, then they can make a more concise and informed decision about whether they want to do it or not or whether they want to progress. Yeah, yeah. Michelle, what are you looking forward to now? You've got students coming on, they're competing or almost yeah. competing. What are you looking forward to yeah. in the next 12 months, two years, pop by? Yeah, tell us, tell us what you're looking forward to. Um, well, with Popeyes, I'm just looking forward to having a bit more consistency. We had a pretty ordinary year this year in regards to getting him in consistent work for one reason or the other. He was either a little bit sore or there was something else going on or we had a setback. So um, consistency with Popeye would be great. And if we can get out again and, and compete like we did at the beginning of the year, that would be great because he's a super horse and I'd love to show him off because mm-hmm. I just adore him. Um, for in regards to my coaching, I probably would love to grow my business that little bit more. So the idea is to set up a Facebook account or Facebook profile for my business. I'm really dodgy with Facebook. I don't put anything up there at all, but um, <laughs> I'm barely on it. I'm, I'm barely on it. So um, I think I need to, because it's the way of the future, isn't it, social media. So um, everybody, you know, they, they do their Google searches. Instead of Google searches, now they search Facebook and, and Instagram and things like that. And so I think if I can 
build that side of my business and hopefully the rest, you know, the, the growth of the business will continue. And I really hope that my clients, you know, continue to enjoy the journey they have with their horses with me. Because I hate to lose people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michelle. Yeah. Well, if people would like to contact you, they can do it through horsechats.com slash Michelle Nixon or just go to horsechats.com, search for Michelle. But phone number, email, you know, how else can they contact you? So um, I guess all my details will be on the EA um, website and you just coach search my name. But my mobile is just zero four three nine seven eight five five zero zero. No worries. Workshop, you'd travel to that, but just for individual lessons. How far do you travel? Okay, so based in Sanford, currently going um, out to Debra. So similarly, like the 20, 30 minutes, I'm happy mm-hmm. to, to go like in the vicinity of Stanford. So, and happy no for people to come. We have arena access here. So if people don't have an arena access, but they do have a float, then we're set up for people to come here as well. Perfect. All right, Michelle, great to talk to you. And um, hopefully we'll be catching up with you again soon. Yeah, that sounds great, Glenna. Thanks okay. so much. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 